not everyone will rise to the challenges of life. Not everyone will be ready to take the step that is necessary for them to fulfill their purpose or their dreams. Not everyone will be ready to go beyond, you know, limitations to step into another level of fulfillment. This year we've been talking about, you know, is a year of great exploits. But you see, not everyone will do exploits. Now, uh, now that sounds funny or maybe that's not what you want to hear but that is the truth not everyone would do it not everyone would do it it's like when we talk about thinking not many people think enough to change their own lives it's like when we talk about planning or strategy not many people have sufficient plan or sufficient strategy to move their lives to another level in the same way, when we talk about becoming who God wants us to become, when we talk about stepping up into higher things, into higher ground, not everybody, not everybody will do that which is required of them to move from where they are right now to the place that they should be. But I want to tell you something, that I want you to see reasons today to be inspired, reasons to be motivated so that you can step out into the things that God wants you to step into. Just a few questions that I want, you to, I want to ask. What is stopping me? You need to ask yourself that question. Today, it's all the teaching today. What is stopping me? That's that question. I want you to think about that. As a person, what is stopping me? What is stopping me from doing what God wants me to do? What is stopping me? What are the hindrances? What are the things not allowing me to step out into the things that God actually wants me to do? What is stopping me? What is hindering me? Another question I want to ask you, and maybe this is not very comfortable, is you need to be sincere with yourself. How long have I been on the same spot? How long have I been on the same spot? How long have I remained on the same spot? And I, I, I'm not talking about how long have I been on the, in a bad spot. I, I didn't say that. Because immediately what many of us will be thinking about is, well, I'm in a good place. That's exactly what the problem is. So I am not talking about how long have you been in this good place that you are. I mean, whether it's a good or a bad or ugly place, how long have I been on the same spot? And then the third question is, what do I need to do in order for me to get beyond where I am to the place that God wants me to get to? Those are three simple questions. And I know that the Holy Spirit will explain it to you as we go through this. So what is stopping me? Because if you don't know what is stopping you, it might be very, very difficult to move out of that. A great example is someone like Jacob. Jacob was running from pillar to post and just running around in circles and not really moving forward until God comforted him and God told him, what is your name? And he said, my name is Jacob. That was a realization of what was stopping him and that was that he had lived all his life being a supplanter. Praise God. And then you ask yourself, am I stuck in one place? Because if you don't, if you're not sincere with where you are, you can never move forward. I say this a lot, and you know this is, this is what happens to us. Now, if anybody says to you, I want to go to 
Lancaster. And I don't know the way. The first question you're going to ask the person would be, where are you? That's, that's automatic. That's it. You know the way to Lancaster. The person doesn't have a clue. So the person said, I want to go to Lancaster. I don't know. The, the, what you're going to ask the person is, where are you? That's the question. Because when you know the way, the, where the person is, then you can tell the person, go on M6 or uh, where you are, I think you should join the X6. You know, if the person says I'm somewhere inside gas tank, you, you, you might not want to think about getting them onto M6. You might say, you know what, just get into A6 and drive to Lancaster. And if the person says something like, I am in Manchester. You see, then you know they have to first, probably, most likely, the fastest route will be to get to M61, then to M6, and then to Lancaster. So, we need to know exactly where you are in order for you to be able to map yourself to the place that you need to go. That's why we always talk about the, from point A to B. Now, if you have some kind of point somewhere that is B without an A, then there's no definition for B. So, it's important for you to know where you are and then you can map yourself to where you're going. So, the question is, where am I now? I stuck on Lancaster or in Manchester. Where? Why have I been on this same spot? You need to understand that spot. And then what do I need? But you see, all of those are fantastic questions, but we might not be able to explore everything fully today. So that's why I'm going to ask you the last one. Which is, are you ready to leave your comfort zone and step into the place that God wants for you? Are you ready? Because if you're not ready to step out of your comfort zone, you might not be able to get into that place that God actually wants for you. You know, we've always heard this and it's really, really true that the enemy of better is good. Because as long as you've got something in your hand that seems to be working, you're generally going to build a tent there. When, when Peter and the other guys, John and James, when they saw the manifestation of the glory of Jesus... On the Mount of Transfiguration. You know what he said? They said, you know what? Peter said, we don't need to leave this place. Let's just stay here and build a tent here and just stay here forever. And maybe there are some of us like that. You have seen sufficient blessing and glory and manifestation of God's beauty. And in your mind, you're thinking, that is it. No, it's not. And Jesus said, we have more work to do than sit down here and enjoy this. Are you ready to leave your comfort zone? And that's why today we're going to dwell on that a little bit more and talk about getting beyond your comfort zone. Getting beyond your comfort zone. We all have our comfort zones. All of us. You do have comfort zones. I have comfort zones. We all have our comfort zones. We have areas of contentment. Amen. We have areas of contentment. Areas where I'm fine. Praise God. Praise God. You, you're just okay. You, you don't need to do a lot of stuff before you get it right. Amen. Comfort zone. It's like a student. Now, some students, their comfort zone is that no matter what happens, they're going to have a tutu. 
No matter what happened, it's your comfort zone. No matter what happened, just get by. Just do a little bit of your assignment. Just do whatever. You, you know yourself enough to know that you're going to finish with a 2-2 or you're going to finish with a credit or whatever it is. So, you see, that's your comfort zone. So, there is no need to do more. So, our comfort zone is a place of rest in court for many people it's a place where you don't need to rock the boat you don't need to do a lot oh come on for a long time you've been praying that god will give you a good job now you have a brilliant job that's your comfort zone you've been asking god god if you can just take me out of this country to this country and if you can just answer my prayers and if i can just pass my exams or if i can just get a new training if i can just do this and you prayed all your life and you are trusting the lord for that and now the lord has done it and you know what the problem is that's your comfort zone there's no need for any more effort to deliver results any place you find yourself that you don't need to put in significant effort to move is your comfort zone there's no need what 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 i'm fine i'm fine everything is secure everything is what is secure our comfort zone is the place where we find peace and rest and and everything is fine everything is secure they're not going to fire me from this job i'm the most important person in this office and so on and so forth that's the comfort zone you know there's nothing that's going to happen i won't be able to pay my bills i'm fine you know that's the comfort zone with the salary that i'm earning or with the job i'm doing or with the business i'm doing everything is fine you know what that's your comfort zone it's a place where you can get your stuff done without worrying too much. It's a place where you can get things happen without having to stretch. And I'm telling you the truth. A lot of Christians, we are in our comfort zone. I'm not going to come here and say God has not blessed you. I know many of us here, you are not trying to pay your bills. Because I always tell people, if you still live your life to pay your bills, you need to pray a lot. You need to trust God. You need to fast. You need to do all of that. Because you see, that is one of the littlest things that you do in life pay bills all right you don't fulfill purpose paying bills so on the littlest thing you do so if that's all what you're still trying to do yeah 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 you're, you still have a lot of stuff but i know there are many of us who would say but i'm not like that i can do this easily i can now do whatever i can buy whatever car i like I can buy whatever house i like i can do all of the things are okay but you know it's so easy for you to do and that's why it's your comfort zone let me try to shift you out of it a little bit. And let's see whether you have the, the strength. Let's see whether you have the inner strength to move. Let, let somebody strip that out of you and let's see whether you're going to collapse or you have the inner strength to regenerate yourself and reproduce yourself. Because what comfort zone would do for many people is to destroy tenacity and the capacity to make things happen. Because we're comfortable just the way we are. God has answered our prayers. Genesis 12, 1 to 3, I'll read this quickly. Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out. Everybody say, get out. Yes. I pray that you still love me after this message. Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out. Say to somebody, get out. Get out. <laughs> get out of your country. 
<laughs> he didn't say come out. You can say come out. It's fine. But the word is stronger than that. It's get out. He says get out of your country from your family. From your father's house. From everything that you've always known. To a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The beginning of uh, Abraham's walk with God. Abraham, not Abraham. All right. The beginning of Abraham with God. They're the same person, okay? The beginning of the work of Abraham with God. The beginning of his walk with God. The beginning of all the things that God wanted to do to change the life of Abraham and bless Abraham and make Abraham the father of many nations, Abraham. And, and, and through him we can say Abraham's blessings are mine. Through all of them, the first thing that God told him is, I can't walk with you because you are comfortable. He says, get out of that which you have always known. You know why some people will remain poor forever? Because they do not have the capacity to change their career. You know why some people will be on the same spot forever? Because that which is comfortable for them is what they're going to sit with. Even when God says no, you're going to move and do something else. They will never do it because it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult from everything they've always known. Sometimes what you've always known is your problem. God says get out. Get out, get out, get out from your country. Listen to this statement. Not all safe places are the place of your blessing. Safe as in comfort zone. Safe as in I'm well relaxed. I'm at home. Everything is just nice. Not all safe places are the places of your blessing. Sometimes the place of your blessing might be that place that doesn't even look safe at all. Safe as in not talking about security. Safe as in not comfortable. The instruction to Abraham was to start moving. Come on, tell your neighbor, tell the person, start moving. I know we prefer that to get out. So tell your neighbor, start moving. Get out from where I am. Can you trust God? So believe him that he will take care of you. Because if you can't trust God that he will take care of you, he can't tell you to get out and you listen to him. He can tell you to move and do more and you will listen to him. Let me just say this. Getting out, because don't, don't get it wrong. What we're talking about, getting beyond your comfort zone, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to sacrifice what you already have. I'm going to get to that very soon. Because some people now, the only thing you might be processing is that God is saying, I shouldn't do my job again. No, I didn't say that. So you got to follow closely. You got to, can I trust God enough with my life 
Because the thought of living in comfort zone, come on, listen to this. Let me just do this very briefly. Do you know why we like our comfort zone? Because it's a place where we have control. You understand where everything is. My phone is there, my TV is there, my life is there. I go to work 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, get back 4 o'clock, and that's it, and then that's what I'm doing. And then the next two years, I will get a promotion, and you're completely in control. Wow, beautiful thing. And so the thought of leaving your comfort zone, that's, listen to this, that's why it creates anxiety. Because you're no longer feeling that you are in control. You know, I have my definitions. One of the major reasons for anxiety is lack of control. It's lack of control. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. What is going to happen to me? What happens if they don't like me? What happens if somebody's talking about me? What happens if they're backbiting? What happens if it didn't work? What happens if I fail? What happens if I succeed too much? And then lack of control creates, you know, the anxiety that we begin to worry because we're thinking, how can I put all of this together? For you to be able to move out of your comfort zone, you must trust God. Because in your comfort zone, oh my God, your trust in yourself is so powerful. In your comfort zone, you have it figured out. In your comfort zone, you know what to do, what not to do, how to keep it, how not to keep it, what to pay, what not to pay. In your comfort zone, you are up, you are absolutely in charge and you have everything under control. So to move out of that comfort zone, it has to be that you trust God. Because in your comfort zone, you can trust yourself. And then people wonder why there are people who don't trust in God, but they do well. When they get into their comfort zone, they're going to roll. They know the systems, how it works. They know what you need to do to get a promotion. They know what you need to do to get a new business deal. They understand what they're doing. Their life is not, listen to this, their life is not programmed or ready to fulfill the will or the purpose of God. They just want to live a good life. And if you find a comfort zone, you live a good life. But is that all? Is that everything there is to do in life? God wants you and I to begin to think outside of that small box. God wants you and I to begin to explore and ask ourselves, can I do more than this? Anybody here, if you think you can do more than this, lift up your hand and say, I can. Oh, come on, say it loudly. Say, yes, I can. Say, I can do more than this. I can do better than this. I can do greater things than this. I can do exploits more than I'm doing right now. I can have a better life than this. I can influence more people than this. I can impact more lives than this. I can do more than what I'm doing right now. But people in their comfort zone don't think like that. Me, 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 and me and my family. We're fine. Everything is figured out. God says to him, get out. And then when he told him, get out. And then he said this, I will make. In your comfort zone, you've made yourself. When you're ready to step out to trust God, he will make you. 
But I want to tell you something. There's nothing to be afraid of. Because when he makes you, you'll be bigger than who you are and what you are now. Someone say amen. It's hard, but it's not really a risk. Because God won't fail. We're not taking chances with God. We're not trying to see whether he'll make it or not. It doesn't fail. We don't take a chance with God. You know, people say things like, let's just take a chance with God. Let's try God. No, we don't try him. It's never on trial. He never fails. It's either you want to fully believe and trust him or not. And if you do, it doesn't fail. Hallelujah. I will make you. If you do not step out of your comfort zone, come on, listen to this. You will not be able to move into your progress zone or what some psychologists will call your growth zone. If you don't move out of that comfort zone where everything is fixed, in your comfort zone, you don't grow. In your comfort zone, you don't explore new things. In your comfort zone, you get old early. In your comfort zone, you get old, you get tired early. In your comfort zone, you know how everything is, where they're fixed. You are in control. You've done it for too long, your country. You can close your eyes and live in your comfort zone. And that's why you don't grow in your comfort zone. Everything is just the way it's always been. The way you were 10 years ago is still the way you are now because in your comfort zone, you don't grow. It is no progress. It's not a progress zone. It's a comfort. And the comfort means the place that you feel secure and at peace and you don't need to do a lot more. You can't rock the boat. You don't want the boat to be rocked. You just want to stay the way you are and get it figured out and get it moving and take it easy. It's a place of ease. Everything is fine. Why trouble yourself? You know, God has blessed you now. Now you are earning, I don't know how much, how much you're earning. Now God has blessed you now. You're earning 60,000 pounds per annum. Wow. Wow. You remember 20 years ago? You can't even mention 60,000 pounds. If somebody says to me, you call them I'm robber. But now you are the arm robber making it. And so you are what? At peace. And then you know, you know what you do in your comfort zone? Then you say, well, I even thank God for all that he has done. There are people who are still earning 15,000 per annum. You see how the devil now is introduced into your comfort zone comparison to make you really feel comfortable that you're doing Maybe there's a greater thing that God wants you to do. Maybe there's a greater dimension. Maybe there's a shift. Maybe even there's something God wants you to do that has nothing to do with money. Hello, and I didn't like that. You just wanted to be in new levels of money. Maybe there's something that God wants you to do that is more than money, that is more than affluence, that is more than material things. Maybe the greater level, the greater place that God is taking you won't even give you more money. Uh-huh. Now you're scared even more. How do we get out of this? Great things 
Greater things are not in your comfort zone. Greater things are not in your comfort zone. You have to shift to a growth zone. You have to shift to a progress zone. You have to shift to a zone that puts demand on you. That's why lazy people will stay in comfort zone forever. They don't want to do anything that increases what they've always done. Don't want to read more. Don't want to study more. Don't want to do any exam. Don't want to do any training. Don't want to fast more. Don't want to pray more. Don't want to do anything more. Don't want to push more. Don't want to write more. Just don't want to do anything more. Because everything they're doing is well figured out. You are in a comfort zone. That's not the will of God for you. God, listen to this. There's no human being, no person that God has created that should be the same year after year without a shift in your direction, without an, an improvement in what you do, without a new thought, a new idea, a new thing, something that keeps you moving and keeps you alive. God didn't create you like that. God didn't say, you know what, by the time you're going to be 45, I'm going to answer all your prayers, give you the best job in the world, you're going to be the MD of your company, and then after we've done all of that, we're going to shut your life down. And just keep on managing that. The devil is a liar. That's not the will of God. Get beyond that comfort zone. It makes you old quick. Get beyond that comfort zone. It makes you tired quick. Get beyond that comfort zone. It makes you stupid quick. Get beyond that comfort zone. It makes you not think quick. It just wrecks your life. We don't need it. If you, some people get to comfort zone at 30 years old and that's all. No drive. No impetus to do anything better, greater, new. That's not the will of God for you. And that's why it doesn't work. That's why it doesn't work. God didn't design us to be like that. And I say it again, I have comfort zones. You do also. <laughs> Praise God. And if you're not genuine with that, you're not going to do anything about it. Praise God. Comfort zone. Comfort zone. Comfort zone. I tell you a funny story about comfort zone. There was a time I was at a school in Lagos called Yavatek. And because I was not happy to be there at that time, I was mad with myself. I didn't want to be there. I, I just didn't want it. I believed I was too intelligent to be there. I was there because of circumstances, a lot of things, you know, and so on and so forth. So I didn't like it. I didn't like it. These are some of the painful stories of my life. When I say some of those things, I cry. My wife knows. I didn't like it. I, I just knew I was too intelligent to be doing it. And so I just switched to comfort zone. You know the comfort zone? I knew there was nothing they were probably going to do in that school that I would not be amongst at least the best four. I knew it. I knew I didn't. Now I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I knew I didn't have to go to the library to pass. When I graduated, there was no library card. I struggled to get myself passed. If you're in Nigeria, you know what that means. There was no library card. There was nothing. Me doing HND and read. For what? I didn't. I didn't. Not a single day did I enter the library. I believe I was so intelligent that I would pass. And that was what happened. I stayed in my comfort zone. I had a friend, you know, who would say, please, just do something. You can be the best student. I don't want to be best student here. Do you understand? I just, 
It was comfort zone for me. I, I knew that there was nothing to do. I knew I wasn't, it was impossible to fail. It was comfort zone. I, I, do, do you understand what I'm talking about? But it, maybe I should have done more. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> you see? But it was comfort zone for me. I didn't have to do anything. But then, out of that, in other things, I find myself, you know, wanting to do more. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Wanting to do more when I, I in another place that I say, yeah, now we're talking. Then the zest, the zeal, and everything comes back. You see, when you are in com- your comfort zone, you're not going to do anything. Your life will be normal. Comfort zones are normal lives. Ordinary lives. Getting by, surviving, meeting all your needs. Life is more than that. Because somebody says life is more than that. Many people don't want to leave their comfort zone. I'll show you a few people and what they did. I know God should have spoken something to you already. You are always afraid. I know the beautiful thing about God is sometimes he tells us, you feel that you can do more. Anybody like that? You feel that. You know, this is just not everything. Go to work, come back, then what? Have all the money, then what? You don't owe anybody anything, then what? I always ask you people this. If we take everything you have and you don't have anything to live for, you are a poor person. Do you want me to repeat that? If I take your job away from you, and I take all your money away from you, take your car, take your house, and you suddenly don't have anything to live for, you are a poor person. You have been poor mentally. And you have lived all your life in your comfort zone. Every one of us should have sufficient innate ability and capacity to create a pathway for ourselves. Let's talk about some guys who had comfort zones. And you know them. Judges chapter 6, 11 to 14, I read quickly. I will just read 11 for time because you're very familiar with the story. So let me not read all of that just to save time. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon Threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Now, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I want to teach about Gideon fully, but I have, I've not done it. Maybe I'll find time. But let me just show you this. Have you ever noticed that it was stretching? It was stretching wheat in a wine press. Anybody has ever noticed that? It was stretching wheat. What do you now? What do you do in a wine press? What, what, what kind of fruit? So how do you trash wheat in a wine press? Just think about it. <laughs> and ask yourself a few questions. But let me just give you a simple answer. A positive one is that the guy looked for a way. However possible. Anywhere. Don't tell me it's not possible. I am going... You know, because... When the Bible says, go in this, your mind. Some of you are trying, you can get it. Have I helped you today now? 
Have I helped you today? When the Bible says go in this your mind, you are thinking what kind of mind? Now think about a guy that is saying, now I know he's wine pressed, but I don't care. Whatever, however to hide this wheat, however I'm going to do it, whatever it will take, let's get a strategy in place. Now, the grapes are gone. There are no more vines, but I've got this little wheat. If I go in the barn, there's going to be a problem. I'm going to trash this in the wine press. Now, that was his comfort zone. He was fine. He was doing his work. He was a great guy. The Bible said he was a mighty man of valor. He was, he was, he comfortably, God helped him. He was keeping the Midianites out of his business. He had that strategy, that mindset. He had everything thought out, planned and arranged. And he was operating like that. Until one day, one angel just came to rock the boat and just sat down and watched the guy. And the angel probably would just shake his head. This guy's got everything figured out, but he doesn't even know who he is. He's got everything figured out. This guy's got everything figured out. This guy's a powerful guy. This guy is in charge of everything that he was doing. And the Midianites couldn't even get to this guy. And this guy was a one man, man powerful with all his soldiers and all his father's people because he was not a poor guy. He had everything figured out. And then the angel looked at him. This guy doesn't know who he is. You're so blessed, but you're not even blessed enough. You know what I mean by that? What I mean is what you think you're manifesting is far below what God wants for you. Oh, you have money more than all of them. Who is talking about that? Now you are now the CEO of your company. Now who is talking about them? Now, God wasn't talking about the people that the Midianites were taking their wheat. God didn't talk about them. Because God doesn't deal with you comparing you to other people. He deals with you in line with his plan and purpose for your life. So he doesn't have to like, you know, no, 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 no. The only time God will introduce you to somebody else would be to activate and move on to your higher ground. Example, when he told Mary that look at your cousin Elizabeth who is in the same direction moving forward that she that was called barren is now pregnant six months. You see, God will never lead you to people that make you think you've done enough and so you need to go now. God will only introduce you to people and people that will challenge you to do more. And so if you're comfortable having friends that you are richer than all of them, you'll be poor. You're very happy when you come around your friends as the big boy. You know, which, which, which many people from the United Kingdom do when they get to Nigeria. They just gather all their schoolmates around and just change a few pounds into Naira or to cities or to whatever, you know, or to rands in South Africa or whatever. And the money is everywhere. And then you just feel cool like that. Now you're rich, you're wealthy, you're poor. If you have the need to show people you have money, you're poor. You're poor. You, why would Bill Gates try to impress you? He, he, Bill Gates can take you to dinner and ask you to pay. If you're mad with him, mad with him. Do, do you get what I'm talking about? If you, I'm not saying you should do that. Because some people say, Pastor said when you take somebody to dinner, let them pay by themselves. No, I didn't say that. All right. Some of you, you just prepare your mind waiting for what you want to hear. 
Amen. Gideon and then God rocked the boat. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you. Look at somebody, tell the person, The Lord is with you. Tell the person, The Lord is with you. You can do more, you can do bigger, you can do better, you can do great things. The Lord is with you. The Lord is not coming to you. The Lord is with you. He's Jehovah Shammah. He is always there. The Lord is with you. The Lord is not going to show up. He is with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. Whilst, you know, no matter where you are as a Christian, God is with you. If you decide, you know what, I'm okay with what I'm doing. I'll just be fine. As long as I can put food on my table and put bread in my tea and all of that, I'll be fine. Then you see God is still with you. But you're not doing what he wants you to do. Are we still together? God wanted more for him. God had more for him to do. And how could Gideon have moved from just being a mighty man of valor to becoming the judge of Israel if not that he was ready to forfeit the comfort zone? In fact, you know the rest of the story. God told him, you know what, we're going to destroy your comfort zone. You're not just going to get out. <laughs> we're going to get rid of it. Hello? You're not just going to get out. We're also going to destroy it. Go to your father's house and get everything burnt. Oh, that's, don't worry. We'll leave that for another day. Because some of you are thinking, oh, that's too much. But maybe for us, some of us, where God wants to take you, you might need to pay such a level of sacrifice. Maybe for some of us, that's the kind of demand. Are you ready to be like Gideon? Are you ready to, f to move beyond just being the mighty man of valor, the guy who can take control of his business, the guy whose business was profiting even whilst there was trouble with the Midianite and was able to control his business and do well and his father's gods, everything was going on well? He, he, or, or, or you want to step out of that to become the judge of Israel? There was nothing wrong with what Gideon was doing. Hello. But I think... Many of us are like Gideons, not knowing that the throne is waiting for us. Get out of your comfort zone. Let me tell you another guy. This is a little bit religious. Because you can be in comfort zone, in re, in, you can be, in, in, even as a Christian, with your thoughts and mindsets. You can be in a comfort zone and then you'll not be able to help anybody, you'll not be able to reach out to people. You can be in your comfort zone. Peter was in a comfort zone. Peter, 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 Peter. You know the story of Colonius. So I'm going to join from verse 9, Acts chapter 10. The next day as they went on the way. Let me just jump to 14, 14. You know, God, God, God showed Peter when he went into a trance because he was hungry. And God used hunger to teach him a lesson. God can use anything. So he was hungry. They were preparing the food. He went into entrance. Obviously, he had to see food. Amen. See, some of you have seen how dreams come now. <laughs> he was hungry. They were preparing food. He went into a trance and he saw food. You see why you have dreamt that you were eating meat in the dream, that it wasn't just witches and wizards. This was just because you thought about it. But God can still speak through it. Praise God. And so he had this trance and God took over the trance and showed him and said, Peter, kill. Rise, kill and eat. And Peter said, I'm not going to do that. And verse 14, this is Peter talking to God. What? audacity Peter said to God not so Lord 
not doing that. Not so. I have never eaten anything common or unclean. This is Peter talking to God. You know why? That's how difficult to get out of comfort zone. You want to blame the guy. The guy was a Jew. The guy had always spoken to Jews. Now he's become a man of God. The guy is comfortable talking to his brothers. Is there any wrong with that? The guy is comfortable talking to the people that he liked, people that he knew, people who were no sinners, Gentile sinners, people who, he, he wasn't ready to speak to Gentile sinners, people who were not like him, who didn't look like him, talk like him, dress like him. He didn't want all of those people. I know it, Peter's comfort zone in ministry is this. I'm fine with all my anointing to stay with the Jews and minister to the Jews. Full stop. And even when God was challenging that position, because of Cornelius, Peter stood up and he said, Not so, Lord, I'm not doing that. I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And God looked at him and God answered him and said, don't say that. And a voice spoke to him again second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call on clean. That was also a strong answer. But look at what comfort zone would do even to you as a Christian. You have everything figured out. If someone comes along in your office who is gay, you want to stone them to death. Because you're superior. If someone walks around you and is a transgender, the next thing you're thinking about is we got to get them buried. Or somebody comes around you, they have another, even, even Christians, but they're not your type of Christian. Or they're not, they, they, they won't dress the way you like to dress. And a pastor comes to church next week and is wearing jeans. And then immediately you, you just block your brain because he has to be a sinner. You, you, we just think about so many stuff. You know, you, once people are not like those, listen to this, your comfort zone will limit you and it will stop you from doing the will of God because God doesn't think like us and we can become so comfortable in our own space uh, that will not allow God to break through that and be useful. God didn't tell us the kind of people that we should show love. All men. Comfort zone. Comfort zone. Comfort zone. Oh. But let me quickly do this. This is very important. I want to talk about Solomon very quickly. And I want to tell you this. If you don't do something about your comfort zone, it might be very, very dangerous. Your comfort zone might become your God. Your comfort zone might become your God. And that's why you see a lot of people, they're praying to God. God, open the door. God, do it for me. And, and now because they are now wherever they are, and they've got a, a little bit of money in their pocket, as if life is all about money, and now they have cars and houses, then they suddenly become arrogant. Nobody can talk to them. The fight for everything and fight for every position and fight for everybody to say hello and everybody to greet them and then they explore whatever they wanted to explore and do whatever they like to do they become a god unto themselves and what happened is because god gave them comfort 
And Solomon was a man who was dicing through that and he was just moving from here, there, and all of that because he had comfort. Now, if you want to join me, I'll read. Which one should we read? Let's read First Kings chapter 5, 3 to 5. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is Uncle Solomon. Uncle Solo. But now the Lord my God who has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. Amen. amen. And I'll say amen. amen. That's a good scripture. That's what you want. Amen. You want to get to a place where there's no evil occurrence. And then he did something beautiful. Verse 5. He says, I'm behold. I propose to build. He asked for the Lord. You, you see, and so on. Solomon had proper comfort. Every struggle of life. Children, listen to this. Young people. You're finding it easy because your parents have suffered. And you want to take that for granted. And think you can ask for anything and not think about something productive. And you just want to buy Nike shoes and Nike jumpers and all of that. You're not thinking about your own life. You're not thinking about what you do to yourself. The fact that somebody has procured comfort for you doesn't remove you from securing the comfort and going doing more. So even for us adults, now because we have comfort, if you sit down with comfort, it's dangerous. And so, but here now, this guy was still fresh with comfort. Everybody say fresh with comfort. <laughs> and then he was thinking, right. He said, therefore, I propose to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. As the Lord spoke to my father David, saying, the connection, David. Everybody say connection. So he had comfort, but he knew his source. Many people, once they have comfort, they lose their source. It wasn't God who answered their prayer. They're intelligent. They're smart. They know exactly what they're doing. Mm. And behold, I propose to build a house for the name of the Lord, as the Lord spoke to my father, saying, Your son, whom I will set on your throne in your place, he shall build the house of the Lord. And he fulfilled that prophecy. Everybody say, Amen. amen. But he still had his comfort. Every warfare that's done, the hand of David was full of blood. Such that I couldn't build for the Lord. But yeah, but now the hand of Solomon was clean. He could build for the Lord. He had comfort. Nobody was fighting him. There was no evil occurrence. There was nobody fighting. Every enemy of Israel had been put to sleep. Comfort. Everybody say comfort. And he did well with the comfort, but I want to show you part B of that comfort quickly. He did more. He used that comfort to do more. Everybody say more. He used that comfort to do. That's why parents pray that your children, we pray that our children would do more than we've ever done. And I believe that any parent, no matter what you've got, and your prayer is that your children will never meet up with you. You define yourself. He did more by building for the Lord. He did something with the comfort. But then he got carried away with the comfort. When he had nothing to do, everything was too easy. Comfort. He was at ease. You know the rest of the story. You read Ecclesiastes, what happened? Let me read just one of them because of time. 
And I set my heart. 17 Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And I set my heart to know wisdom. And to know madness. And folly. I perceive that this also is grasping for the wind. Uh, there are so many you read Ecclesiastes there's so many scriptures I could have read but I just thought let me just read one then he became so comfortable he had nothing to do the idle hand is the devil's workshop all day long if you find it easy at work and you have everything you want you're now the MD, the consultant the manager, you are everything and you are so free you don't have anything more to do for God get ready because the devil will help you use your comfort because arrogance will come in. You don't need anybody. What do you need from anybody? You don't need anybody. What do you need to pray for? Everything is fine. You don't need no prayer. You don't need no fellowship. You don't. We come to church. You think it's because we, 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 we don't know what we're doing. We're just a bunch of needy people. Lying devil. Arrogance. I see people getting the comfort. One of the first things that would destroy them is arrogance. And the devil is so smart. It destroys them, but they don't even know it. Because, oh my God, come and get this. When the devil really wants to destroy an arrogant person, it doesn't take their money. Because as long as they have the money, they still think they're fine. And everything around them is wrecked. Marriage gone, children stupid. Things don't work, that don't work. But then they think he's God. No, it's not God, it's Satan. They're playing a game with him. Because every good and perfect gift comes from God, the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, neither the shadow of eternity. God not, not bring evil to anybody, does not tempt anybody by evil. The Bible says, He himself cannot be tempted by evil. Let any man, when he's tempted, do not say, This is the Lord. Comfort you. I want to encourage you. I want to tell you as you're praying. I want to tell you this that you need to trust God. To move beyond the small places that you are. And move into a bigger and better place. Put your trust in God. You can do better than what you're doing right now. You can do more than what you're doing right now. God can use you to do greater things. He can move you to do great exploits for himself. Just trust him and be ready to move out of your comfort zone into a greater place that God has prepared for you.